This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Thank you guys for coming in and being a part of this this series today. I I really believe that over the next couple of weeks that God is going to speak to each and every one of us. And what I want to do here today as as we begin this series called Bold is I I just want to talk to you about the first time I can remember after I gave my life to Christ when I I really made a bold stand for God. When I really stepped out and just just did something crazy and bold for God. I I can remember uh, I'd just been a Christ follower for maybe about six or seven weeks um, when all of a sudden um, God, I started reading the Bible and and it was so weird to me because I remember going to the the store with my mom and being like, mom, I need to get a Bible. And and my mom had never heard any words like that in my entire life, so she bought me three. And so... uh, so I ended up with like three Bibles and I'm reading the Bible and I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to develop this relationship with God and I'm trying to discover, you know, who God is. And, and as I'm reading through my Bible, I, I, I very clearly just see God uh, in his word and, and just really feel like God is speaking to me that I'm supposed to change some things in my life. And, and I really hear God say, like, listen, up to this point, I threw a lot of parties. I was a party guy. Um, I, I had a girlfriend at the time. And I, and I, I heard God as, as clear as day just say to me, TJ, it's time for you to give up that girlfriend. It's time for you to stop throwing parties. And, and, and I, I virtually, I, it was like God spoke to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's crazy. And so the first thing I did is, is I just responded to it. And so uh, I, I called up a whole bunch of friends, and I invited them over. And I said, hey, man, we're, I'm, I'm going to hang out. I want to I, I talk to you guys. And so they all came over thinking that we're throwing a party because that's usually how it started uh, is I would just invite a whole bunch of people over, and it would just turn into something bigger. And so when they all got there um, – I just started preaching to them. I started saying, man, God has transformed my life. God's done all these things. And, and you know what, man? God is changing me from the inside out. And I want to tell you all about Jesus. And they all just looked at me like I had four heads. I mean, they thought I was crazy. And I said, you know what? I'm not drinking anymore. There's no more parties at my house. I'm not going to do any of this stuff anymore. And I remember all these people walking out and just being like, man, TJ is awesome. Drugs or something. He's gone crazy. We don't really know. And then I was like, you know what? God told me to, to, to get rid of my girlfriend. So I called her up and I said, hey, listen. And, and, and don't ever use this as an excuse, guys, but uh, I called her up, and don't break up with a girl over the phone either. I learned all these things, but uh, I called her up and said, hey, God told me that you're not the one. See ya. And just, and just dumped her over the phone. Uh, and then the word got around that, that I just dumped my girlfriend, and so everybody was really thinking I'm crazy now. But I remember making this bold stand for God and just saying, man, I'm going to go full on and full out for God. And I don't care what anybody else says. And I remember people just looking at me like I was crazy. But I remember standing up boldly for what I believe God wanted to do in my life. And, and over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about this, this theme called bold. I want to talk about out, out of the book of Acts, this boldness that was brought upon the early church, and why and how it transformed the world. Because I believe that the same power that transformed people's lives, that transformed an entire uh, city and, and country and nation, and has continued to go forward, the same boldness, the same transformation power that happened then can happen to us now. And, uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple stories out of the book of Acts, after chapters 4 and chapters 5. And so if you want to go ahead and open up in your Bible to Acts chapter 4, if you don't have a Bible, you can look in your worship guide or you can look up on the screen, or there's this little thing in the top right hand corner called a QR code. 
You can take out your smartphone and scan that. And all the notes and all the scriptures will pop up on, on your phone there so you can follow along. But, uh, you know, and, and I want to just kind of give you a little bit of history on the book of Acts. Acts was written, uh, at least they think it was written by a guy named Luke who was actually a medical doctor. And so what it, what it was is, is, is if you start looking throughout the book of Acts, there's this one dominant theme. And this theme is this extreme boldness for Christ. And when there was this extreme boldness for Christ, there were these extreme miracles that happen in people's lives. And, and, and all throughout the books of Acts, you see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle because people took bold stands for Jesus Christ and saw God show up in a real and relevant way and just absolutely transform their lives. And, and they had bold faith, which led to bold actions that just totally transformed a community. And so, um, you know, when we start having that, it pr produces some bold spiritual results in our lives. And so what I want to do is I just want to kind of start off with my definition of boldness. And what my definition of boldness is, is, is boldness is a behavior that is born out of belief. Boldness is a behavior that is born out of belief because what you believe determines how you behave. And, and, and we all know this because if you believe that, that people are going to criticize you and that you're going to be criticized in life, then you're always going to go around in life being defensive because you're always looking for people to come at you and say certain things. If you walk around and, and you're in life and, and you look around and you see and you think that, uh, you know, people aren't going to like you, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see all the time. The belief that you have is you're just going to see what other people see in you as the worst thing, worst possible scenario for your life. And you're going to constantly see that. And you're going to see that and experience that with other relationships you have. Then for some of you guys, you know, if you believe that God is God and he is awesome and he's powerful and he's called you to do something, you start believing that. All of a sudden, it starts to transform your life, and you start to see God work in some miraculous ways because boldness is a behavior that we have that's born out of belief. And as we start to understand what we believe, it transforms our lives. Now, the Greek word translated as boldness is this word parasesia, and this word means it's more than just speaking. It means like an outspokenness. It means an assurance. It means courage. It means confidence. It means to act without fear. And my prayer for us as a church, my prayer for us as individuals, as Christ followers, is that, man, that, that God would take us, and even though we might not be known, or we might not be characterized as a bold people, that we would fall so passionately in love with Jesus, that we would get beyond the circumstances that surround us, that we wouldn't be characterized by timidness, that we wouldn't be characterized by fear, but we would be characterized by this boldness and this outspokenness for Jesus Christ and make his name famous everywhere we go. That's why we say we're loving God, loving people, and showing it. We want the, the boldness of Christ that, that comes out of loving God to go into loving people and just be out there so that everybody can see it. And so as we're going to look at the, this, this chapter in, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, let me kind of give you a background of what's happening. Basically, um, and we're going to really study a guy named Peter because um, Peter is probably a lot like you guys, and he's, and he's very much like me. I find myself in Peter's story a lot of times because Peter had a lot of bold intentions, but a lot of his actions were very timid. 
If you look throughout his, his history, he always had these really, really bold intentions, but the, the action that followed along with it was always very, very timid. And one of his most famous stories is, is right before the death of Jesus, when they, they go on to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus said, hey, man, y'all are going to leave me. And Peter's like, there ain't no way in the world I'm ever going to leave you, Jesus. Man, you are my boy. I've got your back, man. I'm, I'm going to go with you to the ends of the world. And like, not even a couple of hours later, like he's, he's selling Jesus out to like a little girl. You know, he just, he just had these bold intentions, but the timid actions that follow it just, just kind of sheep down. And, and eventually Jesus dies and he rises again. And Peter's kind of ran off because, you know, the, the timid intentions. He had all the, the best ideas in the world. But when it came to action, man, he was just timid. And he started going off. And, and Jesus goes and he says, man, where's Peter? I want to find him. And he goes and he tells Peter, man, you're my boy, God. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that you, you backed off, man. I've got big plans for you. I love you. I mean, God, I'm going to do something incredible through your life. In fact, I'm going to build my church upon you. And when he hears these words from Jesus, it's like something transforms within Peter. And instead of just having these, these bold intentions, all of a sudden he gets these bold actions and he, he starts saying, man, yeah, man, God's got my back. God's, God's with me. God is for me. And let me just tell you something here today. God is with you and God is for you. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. God is with you and God is for you. And so God, he gets these, this idea that, man, God is for me and God is with me. And so what he does is he gets with these other believers and they start praying. They start believing God for incredible things. And the day of Pentecost happens and he gets out and instead of being this timid and shy guy, he gets up and he preaches his first message and he, he starts with, you wicked and corrupt generation. Probably not the best way to start a message. Uh, it kind of grabs your attention, but doesn't really endear anybody to your heart. And so uh, he just starts off and he says, man, y'all killed Jesus, but Jesus raised up and y'all need to get saved. And, and 3,000 people that, that day get saved. And so like Peter, all of a sudden, man, this boldness is welling up within him. And we find later on in a couple chapters, starting in, in, in chapter 3, and, and we're moving into chapter 4 here in, in the book of Acts. What happens is that he and John are walking around one day. And there happens to be a guy that's lame. Now, if you're under 40, uh, you might not understand what a lame person is. It doesn't mean somebody who's like a loser or anything like that. It means like he was literally, like he was in a wheelchair and he could never walk. And they see this guy. And this guy looks at them and he's begging for coins. And he's, he's kind of like one of the guys that's on the side of the street just asking you for money all the time. And he, he's sitting there at this temple gate. And they look at him and they say, man, we don't have any money. But what we do have is we have a God that can heal your life. And so they, they reach out their hand. They say, in Jesus' name, get up and walk. And this dude gets up and walks. And like people are going buck wild crazy because they know this is a guy that is 40 years old. that's never walked in his life. He's been lame his entire life. He's been... Um, just messed up his entire life, and man, people are going crazy because all of a sudden, this guy has been healed, and, and the Sanhedrin, which are the religious folks of that day, hear about this, and, and they're upset because they, don't, they didn't like somebody doing like religious work without their knowledge and without their permission, and they're, all, they're the religious people, not these, these other guys. And so what happens is, is they have Peter and John arrested, and the Sanhedrin, what they would do is when you were arrested and they would, they would put you on trial, is they would gather around in a big circle with all their robes and everything, and they would put you in the center of it, and so they would be hurling questions from every single direction, trying to confuse you, trying to get you all tied up, and, and in the midst of that, they would decide what they're going to do. Are they going to beat you? Are they going to imprison you? Are they going to kill you? Are they going to stone you? What are they going to do? And in the midst of all of this, they ask Peter and John a question. They ask him this question, in whose name 
did you do this miracle? And that's where I want to pick up the story. Uh, they're asking, in whose name did you do this miracle? And in verse uh, 8 in Acts chapter 4, it says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, man, this isn't him. This is the power of God that's talking to him. He said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Now, now, just watch your boldness. Imagine, man, you're being surrounded by people that are accusing you, that are hurling questions at you, that, that have the power to kill or destroy your life. And, and this is what they say. They say, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. In other words, man, they hold nothing back. They just say, man, let me just straight up tell you whose name it was. It was in Jesus' name. And you know what? Just for full effect, I'm going to kind of stick a knife in you and twist it a little bit. And they say, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. They say, man, this was like a bold bold move in their day because they're going before the religious people and they're basically calling them out saying listen the dude that you guys hated that you guys didn't believe in in fact all of your beliefs are based on the fact that people when they're dead they're dead and all of a sudden this guy that you killed that you bruised that you put on a cross and hung and died you know what he's alive and and you tried to hold him down but death couldn't hold him down and man he's coming alive and he's living in other people right now and he is doing something great and basically they're throwing down some fighting words right now to the Sanhedrin now what's interesting to me is that you know 2,000 years ago what what was the name that really caused a whole bunch of ruckus in that day Jesus and if you look at today what is the name that that causes a whole bunch of ruckus when you start putting it out there Jesus, I mean, you can go and you can talk about spiritual things all day. People love spiritual things. You can go on Oprah and talk about, man, the Spirit led me in this, and, and I felt this, and I felt that. But as soon as you say the name of Jesus, everything's changed right now because all of a sudden you've identified who God is, and, man, people just aren't down with that. In fact, I can remember a couple years ago I was invited when I was back in Bradenton to go pray at the, the chamber of of, of, of um commerce. Thank, thank you. I knew somebody wouldn't actually know what it was for, the, for our local area. And they said, hey, we'd love for you to come in and pray. And I said, I can, I can pray anything I want. They're like, yeah, you can pray anything you want. And, and I'm like, seriously, I can pray anything I want. They said, you can pray anything you want as long as you don't pray in Jesus' name. And I'm like, well, then whose name am I supposed to pray? And they're like, you can pray in that guy's name or the big guy or, or uh, spiritual things. You can pray anything but anything but the name of Jesus. And I was just like, man, y'all are crazy. And I just went in there and prayed in Jesus' name anyways. I didn't even care. I just, I never got invited back, but I just, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to do that. But it gets people stirred up. Why? Because there's something about that name. And so Peter points right back at him and says, man, Jesus, y'all killed him. And the religious believer, the leaders, they just couldn't believe what they were seeing and what they were hearing. And in verse 14, it says, the members of the council, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And for the rest of our bit of time here, I just want to let this one verse really speak to us. And I believe that there are some bold facts that if we will understand them and we will embrace them, that God will do some incredible things in our lives. And the first one is this. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. 
In verse 13 it says, it says, The leaders could see that Peter and John were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. I want you all to circle that word ordinary. Now, now the Greek for that word is this word idiotas. And uh, it means like unlearned person, unschooled person. It's where in the English dictionary we get the word. Come on, you all know what it is. What is the word? Idiot. Okay, a couple of you knew what that was. Uh, for the rest of us, I don't know what the deal is there. But uh, the, Bible, the Bible translators, I mean, basically they were trying to be nice. But in essence, what they were saying is, is that, that, hey, these weren't the brightest dudes in the world. In fact, they were idiots. And so when the, the Sanhedrin looked at them, when the religious leaders looked at them, they, they said, man, what's up with these bunch of idiots? And, uh, you know, it just goes to show that, Listen, you can be the best and you can be the brightest. And, and man, God, let me just tell you something. God can use you, but God specializes in using idiots. He specializes in using the people that everybody else would look at and be like, I don't understand why in the world God would use them at all. In fact, I, I, I grew up um, down here for most of my life. I'm, I'm from the Midwest, but I spent most of my time in, in the South, specifically on the other coast of Florida. And, and in the last couple of years, I've been traveling up to South Carolina a lot. And, and I learned some, some interesting information about people in South Carolina, that they are very polite in calling you an idiot. In fact, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this statement, but it is, is a really, really nice way of saying you're stupid. And it's this, bless your heart. You know, somebody will walk in and they're mismatched and stuff, and they'll be like, oh, bless their heart. They don't know any better. Basically, they're stupid. They don't have a clue what they're doing. And, and so I was in South Carolina the, for the first time in the Anderson area, which if you know anything about South Carolina is in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and I was driving around, and I was trying to find my hotel. And I'd somehow gone to this coffee shop, and I'd gotten lost. And I couldn't figure out where it was. My phone had died, so I had no Google Maps, which is just like the worst thing in the world if you're completely relying on technology. And so... I'm, I'm driving around, and I am just see myself going in circles. I'm like, I'm not making any progress here. So I stop at a gas station, and I walk in. There's this sweet older woman that's in there, and I said, listen, I'm not from here. She's like, I can tell. And I was like, well, I, I'm sorry it's so obvious. And I said, I'm, I'm really lost, and I need to get back to the interstate so I can find my hotel. And she said, sweetheart, you are way off. Bless your heart. You're just not going to get it, are you? And, and she just went on, and, and right there I knew. I said, she just called me stupid. Like, she, she had her own, she, she tried to camouflage it, but she just called me an idiot. And, uh, you know, so, sometimes, you know, we just got to remember that God loves to take the ordinary, the simple people and give them extraordinary boldness. God loves to take the people that everybody else writes off, the people that don't have it all together, they can't find their way around without their iPhone or their their Google phone or whatever. He loves to take them and do something unbelievable with them. And I know that some of you guys are saying to yourself, well, you know, I'm just not that bold. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, I just don't have it all going on. I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't know everything that's in this book. In fact, I don't, I don't really understand even how to be bold in life. Let me just tell you something. You can be bold in a lot of different areas of life. Maybe you're a young lady that's out there, and, and all of your friends are, are dressing up and looking like hoochie mamas, you know, not wearing very much, going to the club and all that kind of stuff. And, and you can say, you know what, I, I, 
I don't think that that's the best way to, to, to live my life. In fact, I think God wants me to live a more modest life and more, more up, upholding life. And instead of living that way, I'm not going to dress like that. I'm not going to dress like a street walker. I'm going to dress a little bit better because I want to respect myself and I want other people to respect me. And so, therefore, I'm going to dress differently and I'm going to be different. You know what you're doing? You're making a bold stand. For some of you guys that are out there, you're in business right now, and there's a lot of business deals that are right before you that are a little bit shady, and you can make a lot of money on, but you look at it and you say, you know what, my integrity is not worth that. God has called me to live at a higher standard, and you know what, I'm not going to make a buck right now and lose my reputation. In fact, I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to walk away from these deals. You know what you're doing? You're taking a bold stand for God. Maybe some of you dudes that are out there, you're, all of your guys are out there trying to hook up with girls, and, and that's all that you're about. You know, like, I want to be a man. And, and you know what? And you decide, you know what? I, I do want to be a man. I want to be a man that God respects. And so you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to look at women as a piece of meat or a piece of something that I can get. I'm going to respect and honor them, and I'm going to save myself for my wife because God has saved himself for me. And so, man, I'm going to go above and beyond. You know what you're doing? You're taking a bold stand. And there's a lot of different ways that you and I can take a bold stand for Christ. We don't have to allow everything to be a super spiritual thing. It can be something that's practical where we say we're going to do the right thing rather than trying to do something that's a little bit shady. Because God can take ordinary people and give them extreme, extreme boldness. In fact, I, I'm not a big fan of the show, but The Bachelor was a big deal here this last season. If, if you read anything in the news, there was a guy on there named uh, Sean Lowe. And uh, he became big news because you know, want to know why? He took a bold stand. At the, at near the end of the show, every season, they, they, when they get near the end, they have the guy and the girl, and they, they have this really romantic date, and then they say, hey, here's a special envelope, and if you decide to go and to take this envelope, you can go to the master suite of this luxury hotel, and you can get jiggy with it, basically, is what they're saying. And uh, this guy said before everybody, he said, you know what? I'm not going to get jiggy with it. I'm going to take a stand because I believe in God, and I believe that God has called me to save myself for marriage. And, and I don't care what anybody says. I'm not going to defile myself with somebody else because I want to take a bold stand for God. And let me just tell you something, man, that spoke volumes to the world. It was all over the news. It was all over newspapers. It was all over blogs because somebody was standing up for their faith in God. And God used them to make an extraordinary difference because they had some extraordinary boldness. And see, what happens is when, when we have extraordinary boldness, our boldness, it will amaze the world. When we take a bold stand for God, man, it amazes the world. In verse 13, it says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Why were they amazed? Because they could kill these guys. Man, they could take them out. And even in the midst of being able to kill them and take over them and just wipe them off the face of the earth, these guys said, man, I don't care what you do to us. I don't care what you say. I don't care what the consequences are. We know who our God is, and we're going to stand up for our God because our God is doing great things. And, man, I don't care. I don't care if you agree. I don't care if you like it. Man, I'm going to stand. And what it says is that it says that the Sanhedrin, the religious people, they were blown away. They were amazed. And you know what? When you take a bold stand for anything in life, people take notice, and they are amazed by it. A couple of years ago, I, I, I had this stupid idea. Um, I, some people would say it was bold, but I, I really call it stupid. Uh, it was definitely an idiotous idea. It was an idiot idea. I had this idea that, man, we wanted to provide backpacks for every kid in Collier City. 
And, uh, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I was, in, I was actually in South Carolina, and I had this idea. Man, I'm going to go live up in a 50-foot lift, and I'm not going to come down until every kid in Collier City has backpacks and school supplies. And, uh, and I called up some people, and I said, hey, can you help me out? And they're like, yeah, that's and, – and before long, I came back. We had a lift. I went up in that lift, and I spent the next three days up there. You know what happened? Because I took a bold stand for education and making sure that kids didn't have school supplies would end up going to school and having a chance to get a better education, the entire world took notice. Because they were amazed that somebody would take a bold stand for something other than themselves. For some of you guys, you need to take a bold stand for something other than yourself. And when you do, it will amaze the world. In fact, I got a, I got a little chart there in your notes that I'd love for you to look at. And it's basically, uh, I want to ask you this question. When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? How amazed are people by the boldness in your life? You know, are you a one or a two where maybe nobody's really been amazed by the bold stands that you're taking in life? Maybe you're a three or a four. You know, if you were to ask yourself that question, what would you be? I want you just to circle it. Now, I know that there's some of you guys that you'd be a 9 or 10. I, I mean, I, 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 think about, I think about Craig who was up here doing announcements, and I think about the bold stands that he's making in life. And, and, and people that, you know, they're not being cheesy Christianity where they're the weirdo, crazy people, but they're, they're making bold stands in the fact that they're saying, you know what, I'm going to take a bold stand. I'm going to live a life of integrity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bold stand. I'm going to live out my faith publicly. Not, it's not a private thing. It's a public thing for everybody to see. And everything I say and everything I do is going to be be a reflection of Christ and I'm going to boldly stand up for what's right and I'm going to boldly stand up against what's wrong and I'm going to make sure that everybody knows exactly where I stand because I want God to be glorified in my life and as they do that man people are absolutely amazed because they see there's something different about you they see there's something different about how you live your life about how you spend your money about how you invest your time because you don't want it to go to waste you want it to be Something where people look at you and say, man, there's something different about that. And when people look at your life, they are amazed. And some of you guys hear that and you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not that. And that's what, that's what number three is all about. And, uh, and if you're not that, how do you become that? Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. The boldness that so many of us are looking for comes from knowing Christ. In Acts 4.13, it says, they also recognize these guys as men who had been with Jesus. Like, I look at this story and I say to myself, how in the world could Peter and John face the scrutiny, face the possible death that they were facing, facing people that could take their life in an instant, and how could they stand up to that? How could they stand in the face of that and not waver and not give in. I think it's because they knew Jesus. I think it's because they knew Jesus. They could be gold, be bold before God because they had been with God. And see, what I want us to understand is that the, the goal of this series isn't that we would become bold. Because I believe that boldness is a byproduct of knowing Jesus. The goal of this series is that we would fall more and more and more in love with Jesus. And the byproduct of knowing Jesus would be become that our lives become more bolder for him. And a lot of us, the reason we're not experiencing this boldness for Jesus is because we, we don't have that relationship with Jesus that it causes us to be bold. 
We're missing out on something that will radically transform our lives. In fact, I, I, I kind of came up with this little idea that I think is, is very relevant to all of us, and that's this, man. The more, in your notes, you can kind of draw this little circle. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you spend with Jesus, what happens is as you spend time with Jesus, what happens is all of a sudden you start to have faith in life, and as, you, as your faith is built up, because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. As you're spending time with Jesus, you're hearing God's word, and God's word is starting to speak to you. And because God's word is starting to speak to you, all of a sudden you start to have this boldness that's in your life. It's coming around, and all of a sudden this boldness is coming out, and you're saying things, and you're doing things that you've never done before. And, man, you're stepping out, and you're saying, man, God's got something awesome for your life, and you're praying for people, and you're taking huge risks. And all of a sudden what happens is that you start to have some results in your life. You have these results, and the results come, and what happens is as you have results, you know what happens? You want to spend more time with Jesus because all of a sudden Jesus has showed up in your life, and you're like, man, I want more of this. And so you go and you spend more and more time with God, and it builds more and more faith in your life. And that faith continues to grow, and you continue to get more and more boldness, and more results come, and all of a sudden, man, you're this pioneer. You're this strong God that God can build a church on. And that's what God is looking to do, man. He's looking for us to spend quality time with him. And as we get to know him, we get to understand and we start to read his word and we start to get in here and we start to see God do amazing things. All of a sudden, man, this faith wells up within us where we trust God to do anything. And because we're trusting him and it's inside of us, it can't help but come outside of us. We're saying stuff and we're believing for things and we're making it public. And man, those results start to happen in our life and it totally transforms us. And it just builds and it builds and builds. But you know what? The opposite is true too. We don't spend any time with Jesus. We're not going to have very much faith. Which means we're probably going to be pretty timid in life. Which is going to lead us to not really have any results. Which is going to lead us not to want to spend any time with Jesus. But it all rises and falls on our relationship. It all rises and falls on our time with Jesus. And so as you look at your life and you say to yourself, man, I'm a one or I'm a two or I'm a five got great news for you because God likes to take people ordinary people and do extraordinary things with them you've got a huge upside in your life your upside is enormous we've just got to tap into God see him make a difference in this world. Be encouraged today. You, this isn't a, a discouraging thing if you find yourself on the lower end of the scale. It's an encouraging thing because you know what it tells you? You can only go up. Here's the thing. You know, I started off today telling you the story about how I made this bold move and cut off all these relationships basically because I wasn't going to party anymore and it broke up with this girlfriend and I remember one of the guys that was there at my house, his name was Jason Glasgow. He was my absolutely best friend in, this, in the world at the time. I remember at the end of that night, 
he said, dude, that's cool. And he gave me a five. You know, we did a little dap and, you know, rock, all that kind of stuff. And, and he peaced out. I didn't hear from him again until about eight months later. I happened to walk into an Applebee's. And he saw me and, and he came up and we started talking. He said, man, I'll never forget that night that you, you said all of this stuff about what God was doing in your life, about what God was speaking in your life. He said, I want to see if this junk was going to be real, you know, because a lot of people say things and then three months later, they're going back to their old ways. But man, you're different. And there's something different about your life. And that night at, at an Applebee's parking lot at about 11 o'clock at night, he said, man, I see that your life's different. I want what you got. I, that night that you stood up to all of us and you said, man, this is how I'm going to live. Man, nobody had ever done anything like that that I've ever seen. He ended up giving his life to Christ that night. And, and I ran into him about two years ago. Man, that dude was running hard after God still to this day. And I'm telling you what, you can make a huge difference if you'll spend time with Jesus. And as you spend time with Jesus, he'll grow your faith. And as your faith has grown, he'll give you boldness. And that boldness will produce spiritual results. Man, as a church, I don't want us to be some half-hearted people. Some people that are just lukewarm, that are just living it halfway. I want us to be the real deal. I want us to be people that are passionate about our God, that are seeking out Jesus daily. And as we're doing that, man, we have this overwhelming boldness to go out and love people extraordinarily. Beyond what they deserve, beyond what they could see, beyond what they could imagine, because that's exactly what Jesus would do. And we would see lives changed and transformed. I believe that God's got a ton of upside for your life. I believe that God wants to give every one of us a spirit of boldness. But that spirit of boldness comes from knowing Christ. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit Coastal Community. TV.